guys, you're listening to Drinks with Lisa, brought to you by Fair Foodie. It's a real and raw discussion with Australian farmers, producers and small business owners. I've been lucky to have met with hundreds of these hardworking Aussies recently and it's time to share their incredible journeys, challenges and achievements. My goal is to uncover ways in which we can become more mindful consumers and make an impact on the Australian economy, environment and its people. I invite you to grab a drink, sit back and enjoy as I introduce you to some very inspiring guests. Cheers. Welcome to my first ever Drinks with Lisa podcast. Today my guest is Priyanka Barua, founder and owner of Coco Oven. Priyanka was born in India and has since lived and worked in the Middle East and Belgium before choosing to settle and live in Australia. With a degree in architecture and a very successful career in interior design behind her, she since quit her job and has started her own home bakery business. With a passion for baking and chocolate, she set upon a very exciting career change. Welcome to the show, Priyanka. Thank you, Lisa, and um, thank you for having me here and this uh, lovely intro. It's really great to have you here. And and how are you? What's going on? Um, Yeah, I'm being good, good considering uh, everything happening around us, especially in Melbourne. Yeah, Um, you're currently in lockdown, aren't you? Yeah, stage four, not good. Um, Yeah, I've been pretty... Um, okay, pretty well, and uh, things have been um, surprisingly getting better in terms of the business as well. That's great. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've been—I wouldn't lie—they've been really bad days, and you know, personally, emotionally, business-wise, everything. But um, but there's not been one. A moment where I've thought of no, no, just let's just shut shop and forget about this or anything, or or even otherwise on a personal level. I think we, um, me and my husband, we both been safe. That I keep thinking of the fact that we are safe, our family is fine here and back in India as well. So that's good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I just feel like we are in a far better position than a lot of other people in the world. So. Yes. Try to look at the positives and just that's a good way to be. And just um, feeling moving. Yeah. Feeling very grateful too, I suppose, for the position where we're yeah. in. We're, we're in lucky positions. Exactly. Oh, that's good. Well, it's really great to have you here on the show. And the show is drinking Lisa. So I need to ask you, what are you drinking today? Um okay, this is kind of strange, but um I'm actually had a um, glass of uh, cacao powder and hot water. I actually do this every morning. I don't have coffee in the mornings. Um, and this is kind of on brand. <laughs> I mean, I wow, it chocolate. is on brand. Hot, um, cocoa. It just is, hot yeah. cocoa and just water, no sugar. No. Um, not, it's not cocoa, it's cacao, like the raw organic cacao powder. Yeah, I actually started it a few months back um, for various health reasons um but it's got a lot of benefits very high on antioxidants etc anyway i'm not going there but um oh i want to yeah, know I I I to drink um what is the what the healthy chocolate isn't it yeah it is it is like the possibly the purest form of chocolate we can have Fantastic. Um, yeah and i just oh, have it with the water, no sugar nothing and yeah I, I want to cut down on caffeine and cut down on coffee and um that's how i kind of started this oh good for you that sounds great well i am drinking my um organic chai i've got a pot of chai because i'm a big (laughs) fan um and that's infused with organic coconut milk so um yeah we're getting our morning started so i don't i don't tend to drink much coffee either so um chai is yeah. my go-to but i want to try this hot cacao that sounds delicious yeah you should get the organic ones the other ones um wouldn't really do anything to you but 
yeah, it, it, I've really seen the benefits in, after having it on a daily basis. In like a couple of months, I can see whatever change I wanted to see in myself. Oh, that's so great. Good. Well, I yeah. want to learn more about the nutritional value of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. So, um, first of all, take me back to the days when you were an interior designer. How did you get into that position? What did you love about being an interior designer? Wow, nice, lovely question. Um, so, I, uh, so I grew up in India, right? And um, any viewer who's Asian, Indian, would probably relate to what I'm going to say. Um, back in our places, it's there's this, or at least in the days when I was growing up, there was no, um, we didn't have that much exposure or um, possibilities of having a career with, in a creative field. Mm. There was always the pressure of, um, if you are, there's a lot of pressure on performing well in academics in your school life and then and then the thing is like you need to get into maybe an engineering course or do a medical degree become a doctor and if not then then move on to commerce or like the arts where possibly the uh, at the end of the ladder kind of thing which is thankfully i think changing now but anyway so i did my science um uh, after 10 and um, and for the longest time, I kept on saying that I would become a doctor. And by the time that, uh, it, it came to actually apply for a medical, into medical universities, I started freaking out. I was like, no, this is not what I do. I don't want to keep studying all my life. You have to keep studying all your life. Yeah. And this is not what I want to do. I was sort of very in a confused state of mind, I think. Um, so I said, because I don't want to become a doctor, I'll apply to engineering colleges. And then I realized that you can do architecture as well in engineering colleges. It was really good. So anyhow, I uh, got into a good college and um, yeah, I did a five years course in architecture. And during my internship as uh, a student, I was exposed to interior design as well. And that is what um, had a bigger draw for me mm -hmm. and I just um, yeah so after I finished my graduation I joined a firm that was focused more on interiors and that's it I just uh, enjoyed doing interiors and then the whole construction bigger construction projects yeah right so, and I just kept moving from there yeah and so and I loved every bit of being an interior designer I loved um, everything about it. There was nothing wrong. I was not frustrated. There's nothing wrong in that uh, phase of my career. And uh, yeah, unlike a lot of people who say I was in an unfulfilling job or a career, it wasn't like that. I just yes. wanted to take a break because I hadn't for a longest time in my life. And uh, that's how things kind of changed during oh, that right. break. It's kind of nice to go for a career change without losing passion for that industry to start yeah. with. You didn't, yeah. you didn't quit because you hated it. You loved it, but you knew yeah. you needed a, a change of scene, which is totally yeah. understandable when a lot of people yeah. do it in these days or a lot of people probably want to do it but are freaking out that it's too hard, too scary. I'm going to start from the beginning again, you know, potentially yeah. work their way up a career ladder and having to take a, big pay cut even to start from scratch. So yeah, um, I, I can agree. understand that fear, but um, yeah. so what went through your mind when you thought I'm gonna make this big change in my life? So um, like I said, I was taking a break. I, I think I had not taken a break since 2004. I was just continuously working one job to another, one country to another. I remember I moved from India to Middle East and I, literally had three days break between wow. my job in India and the next oh, wow. job. That's big I was just packing up bags and leaving and joining the next day. Yeah. So I've not had, I, I probably took a month break when I um, got married and, you know, just a month here and there. But, and um, 
So that was the reason I think somewhere I, there was mental exhaustion or whatever you call it. Um, and I just wanted to sit back and think of, okay, where, where is everything going in life? Yeah. And I, I did think I would actually start a business in home styling, but somehow I just, um, I don't know, it was probably lack of an understanding of the business uh, in here in Australia because I, was, I had only worked for two years in Australia and um, um, I don't know what it was. I just didn't do anything about it except for saying I'm going to start, start a styling business. Um, I didn't do anything about it. Meanwhile, I was um, sitting at home and I was, I, I am a foodie, me and my husband, we both love food and I got more and more into cooking and baking and everything and um, kind of um, yeah I don't know it was probably too much time on Instagram uh, watching food shows whatever it was yeah. I kind of started uh, the shift started more towards food and um, that's how I got into it um, it was very exciting in the beginning um, it still is I mean but um, I never looked back. I was like all, you know, full guns on and I wanted to, I was like making lists and taking things off the list. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to, oh, I have to brush up my skills in photography. I have to learn a bit about how social media marketing works and how this works and that, all kinds of thing. And I used to order uh, desserts from brands that I could um, think of and not just, to understand how what works in the market, oh, stuff like that. Idea. Yeah, and of course, I uh, spoke to the council health department to their guidance on how to go about uh, statutory requirements and stuff like that. And um, once I launched the business, um, I told myself, okay, this is um, this is X amount of money from my own savings that I'm going to use. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not doing very huge investments. I'm not starting a shop or a restaurant or cafe right now. Um, few equipments, a bit on packaging. It, it costs a bit, but I was ready to put that money in and see where it goes. And uh, of course, in a couple of months, I was like, the reality hit me and I was like, what am I doing? I'm just draining my savings. And yeah. like the whole money part of it, really got to me like because uh, okay I just quit my job and by then I had you know it was more than six seven eight months since I left my job it was almost a year right and I was scared that okay should I go back to work should I at some point I thought maybe I should start I should take up a job again do this part-time all kinds of thoughts I had real anxiety issues um that I didn't think I would never make it. I, I just don't think I've made it yet. But um, you have. I, You're doing amazing, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still have a long way to go, Lisa, to say that I've arrived or anything to make big statements. But um, yes, I had a huge. Um, yeah, I had huge um, worries about. You know, using going on continuously draining my savings and stuff like that. But of course, yeah. But then I saw, I started seeing the change. I started seeing that um, when you consistently show up on social media, I went to a lot of networking events. I met a lot of people because I had no connections in terms of business mm -hmm. in the industry or otherwise. I just had a small group of friends from my life before Coco Oven. It was a very small, literally like a 20 to 30 people. That's, that was my circle in Australia. That's it. Sure. Like nobody else really knew much about me. And um, yeah, and I, I think I got, I got a lot of support from um, other business owners, women mostly, um, whether it is in my field or in the events industry or otherwise. Like I went to local networking groups. I got some um, support from the council as well in terms of mentoring and um, training, etc. So it's just a culmination of a lot of things, my own efforts and a lot of support, uh, help from other business owners, I would say. Just in terms of, you know, sometimes small tips or sometimes they give you 
yeah. uh, ideas and maybe this is something you could do but the thing is you just have to keep going you just have to keep your focus keep your belief on uh, in yourself what you're doing um don't compromise on your values that's a good that's one. one yeah and what values do you feel that you've brought into your business that you won't compromise on um i one i think the biggest is uh to understand that it is about my customer yeah um it's important because my business focuses on gifting primarily uh-huh. i mean yes it is food uh, people do buy for themselves but i would say almost 80 to 90% of my sales are going towards gifts towards others there's emotion attached to it yeah so i take a lot of pride and i don't take um i take it really seriously when somebody you know it it there's an emotion it's for somebody's birthday somebody's missing someone um whatever um so yeah i make sure i go above and beyond to keep my customers happy to deliver what i promise and um i also believe in um what i call honest baking okay um being um uh, how do i say like honest to ingredients like i I like to give I think that's something which has also come from my background in design we call it honest uh, like having honesty in your design as like don't just um use uh, I use good ingredients uh-huh I make sure I use uh, try to use natural flavors not try to I I always use only natural I do not use artificial um editors or flavors and so so you get the real flavor of things mm. of the ingredients okay um, um yeah that is another thing i really stick to i don't like using artificial um, flavoring at all because you do have an addition as well yeah what um, kind of flavors do you use in your baking cuz so you're you're baking um for the listeners is beautiful it's very decorative you can really tell that you've got a design eye as well beautiful little <laughs> flowers and lovely yeah. colors and shapes and and you mentioned yeah. study photography as well for for food photography so how yeah. what what kind of natural flavors do you bring into what is essentially um you know desserts you're talking beautiful brownies and chocolate yeah so um let me give you an example like um say i um i do a orange flavored brownie uh-huh for example or a berry flavored i'm not going to use orange essence sure i'm going to use real oranges maybe dehydrate them for the decoration i could use the zest i could use the juice um no things like that i use berries a lot um in my chocolates um, and they are they go really well with chocolate as well um so yeah i try to use flowers fruits natural elements to decorate and uh for flavors yeah that's how it is yeah they are beautiful and what is what is your inspiration around um what you create um uh, lots of things i think you just as a creative person i think you i think any creative person would identify with that you just get inspired by um a lot of things around you things um in the nature sometimes it could be just textures that seem to work together and then you try to see how that you could in, incorporate that into your food colors um and then like i remember um I actually don't have it. I used to have a I have a whiteboard anyways. So I used to have this list of uh, when I was initially planning on different toppings and colors. I used to have like okay, green, what are the elements um that I could pick up? I mean obviously from nature which um are edible which would work well together oh, yeah. and which would bring on that color so be it pink or red. I tried to do all those kind of um, things and think of 
ways to uh, incorporate that in my food. Um, yeah, and that's the reason I'm saying um, there's still a lot more that I want to achieve mm-hmm. because um, working with natural ingredients uh, is not easy in terms of work, making things work. It's also not uh, it's a bit expensive, yeah. if I can say that. Um, yeah, so it takes time to develop and... Um, yeah, and also make sure it works uh, commercially. So, yeah, I have big plans. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned um, that you you've had to do quite a bit of work in in ter- in terms of learning what what you can and cannot do in this industry, and probably adapting your kitchen to to allow for a business yeah. to operate in there. What what did you yeah. have to go through to to set up what is effectively your home bakery? Um, actually, thankfully, our kitchen wasn't, um, it was already kind of compliant um, in terms of the layout and um, the infrastructure that we already had in, the, you know, in terms of meat, dishwashing, machines, storage, etc. Yeah. What I had to do was I had to sort out the storage such that all my business-related um, food, uh, especially storage equipments, everything it come kind of is separated from um, the rest of the household usage uh, stuff. So, yeah, that's about it. It wasn't okay. very difficult for me um, because I am in what's called a class three registration um, classification of food in which I don't do um, desserts that involve fresh cream or cream cheese and things like that. Right. That's a higher level, which I want to get to at some point. Uh-huh. But um, that would require, again, um, possibly a lot of more um, dedicated storage or um, even a fridge. Mm-hmm. You might need uh, another bigger, another fridge. For now, I am doing uh, good with just one fridge. I make sure I separate out like my um, my goods are on the higher shelves and home use things are at the bottom shelf. Um, yeah, but a class three you can manage with uh, basic things you have at home. And so and, uh, anyone can be a home baker and set up a commercial kitchen at home so long as it's being compliant and approved by council. Is that yeah. right? And does yeah. the council come out and inspect your premises? Yeah, they do. Yeah, right. In fact, I've had two inspections since November. Um, December is when I started officially um, doing my business, but they did two inspections before. And after that, it's an annual inspection. Okay. Unless you want to change your classification or something. Sure. Yeah. And so, and this is great. So tell us where you want to take Coco Oven. If you know, if you're happy to reveal the secrets for the future, where do you want to yeah. take this? Uh, <laughs> no, it's like um, so I want to get so there are two things, uh, kind of two directions I am thinking of. It all depends on how uh, things change in the world. To be honest. Um, one direction I want to go in is um, into completely into gift favors, like party favors and in the events industry, both corporate and um, personal. But that is a huge question mark at the moment for obvious reasons. I mean, COVID and everything else. Uh-huh. Um, another direction that, which was, which has always been the idea from the beginning, to be honest. Uh, is to get into, um, I'm, I mean, I'm, that is the direction I'm going in anyways, but to be a really known household name among corporates, uh, to get into corporate gifting and personal as well, but um, like doing hampers, yeah. which are um, filled with mostly handmade goods. Um, 
they're going to be edible hampers. Not, I'm not looking at uh, getting in too many other things into the hamper. Yeah. But sweet hampers, um, really classy with some really good packaging. And I want to be doing like 100 hampers for one company at a time. Yeah, those are big goals, but right. yeah, that, that's the direction I want to go. Maybe have a good bottle of champagne in it and nice. maybe candles for some occasion. But yeah, but it's mostly going to be things that are made in my kitchen. Fantastic. I'm hoping that I could expand into a commercial kitchen, uh, maybe build my own separate kitchen um, in the house or something. Um, eventually in say three years, four years from now, make that much money to be able to build my kitchen uh, yes. as an extension to the house. Because obviously I can't achieve that kind of goals with you know, operating from a small home kitchen. You need sure. and I know more that your, infrastructure your husband, for that. Your husband will be kicked out of the kitchen permanently otherwise. <laughs> He's already complaining. We don't get the food to eat at all. We're going to have too many orders, we have to order in and everything like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't achieve the goals I have in my head with this kitchen for sure. And um, so when you are baking, I find it hard when I'm baking or cooking anything to not eat everything as I'm, as I'm cooking it. <laughs> so by the end, when it's ready to come out of the oven, I've half eaten it. How do you control yourself? Do you find yourself making an extra no. brownie on the side for yourself and no. your husband? Does I, you have I, to I, get a brownie? <laughs> yeah, no. I think that happens just initially. Um, that did happen a lot even before I started my business. But I think by the time I started my, my business, I was I had baked so much that um, like end of the day, it's just those five, six items that you keep baking on a regular basis. Yeah, no, we don't really, I don't, yeah, even my husband has stopped eating yeah. much of what I make. <laughs> so I actually, I actually order things from other bakers now because um, I can't just keep eating my own things all the time. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Your I, mean, I shouldn't be saying that in this, I shouldn't be saying this out loud, but yeah, I don't want to keep eating my stuff all the time. <laughs> That's a good, that's well, everybody good. wants <laughs> yeah so except for like off cuts off cuts are things that we obviously eat still you know yeah. besides crumbs and leftover pieces and things like that but yeah oh that's that's good then so you are yeah. you are normal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're human that's good yeah. um yeah. and you love you mentioned you love cooking you're a foodie your husband is too what do you cook besides What's on your cocoa oven menu? What's your other favorite thing to cook? Um, I like to just regular savory meals. Um, a lot of Indian food. I cook more of Indian food. Yeah. Um, my husband is the one who does other things. Uh, he loves fishing. Um, I think he's the one who's who does all the special cooking in the house for us. Nice. Um, I just do the regular curries and stuff like that yeah I'm very very boring when it comes to cooking for myself uh, nowadays but um doesn't sound boring at all I think but I think it's because I'm, I get so exhausted <laughs> it's like working in the kitchen and then again you have to cook your meals um yeah. yeah I try to make it as simple and easy as I possibly can um like yeah, we nice. just do salads for dinner and yeah, just grill some chicken. That's and on weekends, I, I cook a little elaborate, a bit of elaborate Indian cooking happens on the weekends, on Sundays to be particular. Um, yeah, that's about it. Well, yum. If yeah. I if you weren't in lockdown, I'd probably try to get around there to enjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> night at your house sounds divine. <laughs> um, now tell me, so you, you mentioned briefly in the beginning about you're in, located in Melbourne. Your city is currently locked down for, I think, another four weeks or so. Yeah, what was it like? You, you launched your business in December. 
I think you mm-hmm. went into lockdown around March or something. March. Um, yeah. What it's hard enough operating a business, let alone launching a business um, yeah. during a pandemic. What What went through your mind? What did you What did you do to kind of continue at that point? Oh my god. Um, yeah. So like I mentioned, I had barely like I barely started seeing some traction. I had just about started seeing some traction in March. Like I literally had three or four orders, which I, and I was like um, jumping, dancing around the house kind of um, before all this started. In Feb is when I had these inquiries coming in and uh, there were booked orders uh, for party favors, which was great because I had done a lot of networking in, um, with the events industry people. I'd gone for a couple of uh, events and um, and all the, that had worked. But uh, I think I had actually, um, yeah, I had, I had delivered one or two bigger orders as well in Feb. And March, just after I had booked my biggest order yet, and I had ordered for the packaging, as well is when this news hit and and surprisingly um the lady is the client is very sweet she actually uh, she did not even ask for any uh for a refund i was like all ready to give i'm just a small business and yeah i might as well just give the refund and but i was concerned because i already ordered the packaging and everything Obviously, it was her. It was a birthday, and it didn't happen. And um, so, yeah, she. I just gave her a voucher, and she's happy with that. And, but anyways, the thing is, so that hit, and I was like, okay, now what? And I have been working the last six months or so, three months into business, and I start seeing a little bit of um, orders coming in, and then this. Okay, what now? Like, uh, where do I go? Where do I sell? What do I do? Um, then um, around that time is when I also happened to meet um, a very special friend of mine. Um, she's her name is Catherine, and um, she's a social media um, expert. And I did a course with her just around the time when COVID. I remember it was a three sessions course and the first session we did uh, face-to-face after that we had to move on to zoom it was that phase when everything was hitting Mm. and I think uh, that really helped me a lot because I wasn't I had no clue what I was doing on social media I didn't know how things work nothing I was just randomly posting on random days random times and whenever I felt like, or not felt like whenever I had the opportunity to create some more content. I had no idea what kind of content to create, nothing. So that really helped me. And I just started being consistent on social media, um, creating meaningful content. And also I, I started doing a weekly bakes kind of thing. And I realized that people were actually ordering people. I used to do release a, a two or three flavors and say, okay, the, this week I'm going to bake these flavors. Mm-hmm. And it was a very localized thing because I was not offering delivery. Um, I was offering shipping for anyone who wanted to get it shipped, but it was mostly local um, around Mill Park, around like 10 kilometers around Mill Park. People were coming and buying, um, ordering stuff. So uh, there's baby steps. It, took off and um, slowly people in the community started recognizing my name and my brand and uh, I just kept going from there at least I just um, it was very hard it was um, scary because I was like okay I've spent all this money and now fine I am considered essential and I can operate but nobody knows me who knows who's in that house and she's making brownies how do I get my name out there? How do I get it there? So, um, but yeah, I think it was just uh, a bit of 
bullheadedness was there in me somewhere. I was like, I'm not going to give up. I cannot give up. I don't have the luxury of giving up now. And um, and I was in a, you know, it was a time in uh, the world when thinking that, okay, I think I'm just going to shut shop and look for a job because that was not a great option either. Yeah, that's right. Like, this is all I have. I have to make this work. And um, yeah, and things just um, kept on moving somehow. Uh, Easter was great. Easter was like my first big um, occasion, so to say. And uh, and just one thing led to the other. And then people started coming back. I, I now have a few repeat clients who order for themselves, for their awesome. families, which is great. So yeah, and um, well slowly... Learning the ropes as I go. I still, I still, I think every, uh, almost every week, every day, there's something new I learn in terms of the business side of things, for sure. Apart from, you know, you keep brushing your skills technically that is there, but I think um, having no experience in running a business, I think I'm still learning and every day is a new thing. And you really have learned so many new skills when, you know, you woke up one day thinking, I'm going to be a baker. Did you actually think at that point in time, I'm going to have to learn to run a business, do my own social media, do photography, get out to all these networking mm -hmm. things, figure out packaging and distribution. There's, there's such a huge gamut of skills and learnings. And this will go for every small business, not just... Yeah. And, and no doubt you can adapt and, and take these skills with you. If one day you do decide to open your home styling business too, you've probably learned some really valuable skills that are transferable. I agree. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I had the exact list of uh, what I need to learn, but I did cover a lot of bases for sure. Mm. Um, I think what I didn't understand is that, you could have all the photography skills, all the baking skills, everything. Um, the whole, um, uh, how do I say, the whole method, or I don't even know if I have a method yet, but of reaching out and getting your name out there is what has um, taken time for me. Mm. And I sometimes wish I, did a bit more research or understanding or had learning about that uh, might have helped in making things move faster. Um, but I think if you have the determination to do it and if you focus and if you have the belief in yourself, you can just take smaller risks, I guess, um, calculated risks. Um, yeah, I can always keep learning. Like I'm give, I've given now my I've now given myself this entire year to just be able to understand the various aspects of a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful that I have I think I'm uh, able to do more than what I actually thought I could um, in terms That's of building my business. So yeah. That's excellent. And I think that's a really important um, learning or even a, a piece of advice is that, you know, to give yourself a year to, to figure it out and to find your feet in a way that it is a new industry. Yeah. It's a complete new career. It's, there's so much exactly. to learn. And, and as you said, the environment keeps changing around us. What's going to happen with yeah. events, fingers crossed that, you know, yeah. events industry picks up again, you know, this year sooner that rather than later, but, I think that's a really nice thing to say. And, and, you know, I've recently also started a business, but to give yourself a year is really nice to be able to say, don't give up yet. My gosh, you're going to hit so many yeah. different roadblocks and, and interference and things will change and, and you're just going to have to catch what's being thrown at you and keep running. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because, um, because everything takes, I mean, if you, if I have to look back at my own career as a designer, I didn't just, you know, reach wherever I, whatever stage I was at when I left. Mm. I went through um, um, 
five years course of a degree, you know, I mean, there was five years of learning that I did. That is when after that is when I jumped into the field. And even then you had to work your way up doing all sorts of things and, you know, learning different um, things in the field. But so how was it going to work so quick when you start a new business? It, it's not, it's, I mean, if it does for someone, well, great, but I haven't come across someone who's seen success really quick mm. and everybody has to figure out things. So yeah, for me, this year is truly to understand uh, how what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and um, in which direction. I have some ideas of what direction I want to take my business in, but I want to be have a clearer, more clarity on that through this, through all the learnings that I get. And and I think I will manage. I will survive the pandemic. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm so. Uh, if I've survived this far, I'm hoping I survive how much is left of it. And um, yeah, Absolutely. and I think that will, that's definitely giving, given me a lot of confidence and hope in uh, myself and my business. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And what tips, so you've, you've, you've gone through a really inspiring career change. You're right in the middle of launching something amazing. Um, what tips would you give to somebody else who's perhaps on the fence or thinking, I want to, um, you know, my passion really lies in a totally different area than what I'm currently working in. What tips would you give to somebody else who's in that same boat? Um, have faith in yourself. Take the leap, but uh, take calculated risks. There's no harm in going all in, um, but all in has a different meaning to everyone. Because, and this I'm talking particularly in terms of investments in time and money, because end of the day, it's a business. It's not just a hobby. You have to, you put in, you have to put in money and you have to be able to recover it. So be cautious of um, what you are putting in and how, how much you think you can forego because in the initial stages of your business there will be a period when you feel like there's nothing coming in so are you ready for that um, understand who you are targeting in terms of your market you cannot please everyone you cannot be everyone's choice of spending their money so be focused on that and yeah and just do it believe in yourself and do it do it with uh, with some sort of a plan like don't run into it without any any research or any thought or clarity behind because you'll never have all the clarity you need it is a learning process but have some thought some plan behind it yeah, great. Good advice there. And and tell us now, how can we support you and your business, Cocoa Oven? How can how can we support you? Oh my god, you guys are already doing so much. I like seriously because I um I actually took uh I, I still pay for my domain and I have been thinking of doing my website from since December, November or December, and it hasn't happened, and I don't see where that's going to happen. But um, I could actually see, and I and I really mean this, Lisa. I can see a huge bump in my business since the time we have um, um, started the online store, right. and and I have you and Arthur to thank for that. And um, I think, because I had heard this from, um, uh, I had received this advice from others um, that just set up a small online, whatever it is, with, you know, be it on Wix or whatever, just set up an online store and 
it is it really helps but i was always on the fence or no i don't know i don't know what to do or where to go what to do. a lot of questions and it was just something that just kept on going to the end of the list forever it still is i still want to do my own website and my show i don't know when that is going to happen but um but i just started i know we we set up the shop a few months back but i hadn't really spoken about it i hadn't really given out link too much and now when i started doing that and cross promoting it and i just i just literally throw out the link everywhere i can and <laughs> I've seen that it's <laughs> it's actually started working. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, like a friend told me that you have to sell. Unless you sell, people are not going to buy. Like, yeah. okay, that's a good point because um, it's one thing to just keep showing up good pictures and say, you know, talking nice things um, about your business, but at some point you also have to sell. You have to maintain a balance of that, and having that online store has also. has really helped me with that part of the business and which is the biggest part to be honest well, that is the biggest part so i'm really happy to hear that <laughs> yeah yeah so um i've been just literally shoving that link to anyone and everyone this is my link you can look it up and uh and i think it helps also with you know seo and um the algorithms or whatever things that i don't understand yet um so yeah, you, you so you i'm i'm already like i really feel indebted to you guys for um all this night just keep doing whatever you're doing <laughs> for me oh, i think it's working you. for a lot of other people great job at it so oh that's yeah. really great to hear because we're still quite new at this too we've you know launched this year only a few months ago as well so um and priyanka's talking about fairfoodie.com.au yeah. so you you were saying you you'd aim to set up a website instead you've set up your online shop on fairfoodie and it's working for you so that's really really good to yeah, hear it is um and did you find it quite user friendly um yeah fairly um i i mean whatever a little bit of um glitches were there you guys were there to help me at the back end but it wasn't so tough not um found it quite okay yeah. yeah that's good so um yeah again one of our first users i suppose we we kind of worked through uh, a lot of those process together so it was really good to get you on board um so for the listeners out there they should go visit your instagram account follow your instagram yes please yes it's coco.oven c o c o a . o v e n coco.oven okay. and they can shop via yeah. your fair foodie um online shop yeah. and and yeah the link is there in the bio Sorry. How else can people support you? Are they you're distributing Australia wide, aren't you? Sorry, I didn't I think it is breaking. Your um people can order from your site and all over Australia. You'll distribute all over Australia at the moment or just in Victoria? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I um ship No, I ship my products um Australia wide I use um, express delivery and I get it shipped um most of my products are shipping friendly in fact I have put up only those products which can be shipped on the website mm-hmm. they literally just want to do more things which uh, cannot be shipped um and those um are available for local delivery um in around the park um yeah and I have been shipping to um a lot of places uh, outside outside of melbourne outside of victoria as well to sydney um i've shipped uh, shipped to regional victorias up um, uh, regional victoria regional new south wales and um i think the farthest my packages have gone from here is to gold coast to oh. some um right and some uh, out, out of suburbs in brisbane as well So 
Yeah, I've not sh I yet shipped to uh, Western Australia or Northern Territory. I've not yet reached that far, but New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, I have shipped all over. Great. Including regional places. And surprisingly, Australia Post has been doing really well for me because I hear really horror stories about people's shipments. Uh, since I've been hearing really um, the scary stories from people, but it's been working for me surprisingly. And uh, I only offer express because it's food and I, yeah. and I know for a fact that um, if it's not express parcels, they are just taking too much time. But um, express, mostly, I think most of the times it's getting delivered within 24 hours. And sometimes it takes two days or something, which is fine. Because my products are have longer shelf life, so it works well. Yeah, well, I've tried them. I um, I was curious and I wanted I to taste yes. them and they <laughs> arrived within 24 hours of extending them. So they were super fast. I didn't expect Yeah, it did for you as well, right. <laughs> and Correct. Honestly, yeah. I bought them for a gift for a friend who I was planning to see about four days away. Um, and then they arrived, yeah. <laughs> they arrived too quickly. So I ate them. <laughs> um, my husband and I ate them ourselves and we loved them. So I can speak with authority oh. that they are, they are really beautiful <laughs> and you're a wonderful cook yeah. and very inspiring story. Thank you for sharing that with us today. Oh, thank you. And congratulations on launching your beautiful business. And we are so excited to see where you take it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work you guys are doing, Lisa. It's really commendable. Oh, I think it, um, I for one definitely feel um, really grateful that I met you somehow. Um, I'd love to meet you guys in person one day, but uh, yeah. we'll wait for that. But uh, truly, I, and I truly mean that I'm really um, Proud to be actually associated with um, Fair Foodie, and uh, it's impressive the work that you guys are doing. Really, oh, that's so lovely to hear. Thank you, and I really, I hope that we're making a difference for people out there, and you know, we're encouraging Australians to support local and buy from the small business owners and, and exactly. support the farmers yeah. and producers, and <clears throat> not buying from the big industrial corporates out there. Um, and yeah. you know, we've got incredible, incredible food around us that we should really um, be enjoying. And absolutely, yeah. you're yeah. one of them. So we we are really, really grateful to have you on board. And thank you for joining us. You're in my first podcast. Thank you. Been a wonderful gift. To you. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, um, hopefully the listeners love hearing. They, I know they will love hearing your story. But I'm hopeful that um, this will my podcast will get better and better along the way i'm sure but um thank you for joining i'm sure you on board. <laughs> thank you thank you for having me here so support gogo oven and all the links will be um all the links will be at the end of this podcast and on um shared below so thank you priyanka have a lovely uh, rest of the week and um we'll be in touch if you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like and share it and smash the subscribe button. And if you are an Australian farmer, producer or small business owner who would like to have a drink with Lisa, get in touch.